Now, it is my joy to welcome a son in whom I'm well pleased. Would you please welcome Ryan as he comes to bring the word this morning? I just leaned over to mom and realized that he was talking about me. That I, that I had to go up here. Or I get to come up here. Well, good morning. And happy Resurrection Day. Happy Easter. Happy whatever you want to call it day. But it's the day we celebrate his resurrection. Isn't it an awesome day? Yesterday was so much fun. If you were not here, you missed it. Yesterday we had our egg hunt with all the kids that came out from the community and we just were able to love on them. So if you helped with that, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, give them. They were being world changers yesterday and changing the world for those kids and parents that came and got loved on yesterday. So thank you so much for being that. Being Jesus, right? We're supposed to be Jesus? Well, maybe by the end of this, you'll probably better. Yes, we are. But um, also, we have next week, starting next week, we have Becoming Someone's Miracle class. How many of you know you're supposed to be the miracle around you? That the world around you is supposed to experience miracles because of you. Okay, you guys didn't quite like that one. <laughs> Jesus, what did Jesus say? He said, you'll do greater things than me. And Jesus raised the dead. He brought healing and deliverance to people. That's our baseline. That's supposed to be our kindergarten class. So come, I think it's four weeks from 1.30 to 3.30, and you'll get trained on how to be that miracle for somebody else. It's really not that hard. But it does help to have some training and some tools to how you can influence the world around, how you can be a world changer. So I would not miss that class. It's going to be with Dave and Phyllis, which are some of my favorite people in the world. They really are. They, I can't look at Dave or else he makes me start crying. So I just have to outlast him, which is a very low mark, but a high mark for me. So, and thank you worship community for this morning. That was amazing. The choir, man, you guys just worshiped the king that's already in the room. So thank you. So let's pray. We're going to pray so that you hear the Holy Spirit this morning. Because honestly, you don't need to hear me. You need to hear the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, do your thing. We open our ears to you so we hear your words this morning. That you are the one that guides us and points us to Jesus. So we just open our ears today to you, and we listen to your voice this morning, and we all say, amen. All right. So yesterday, I was praying for this morning, and this name popped in my head, so I'm going to go for it. Is there a Helen in the room? Helena? Oh, that's right, little one. Is there a Helen? There's Helen, which is, she's such a beautiful little girl. No? Okay. Wait, wait, Brian. Yes. Um, I dreamed about my mother last night, and her name is Helen. Her name is Helen. Awesome. Okay. And then, I, um, is there... Somebody in here that your father, or if you are a father, is sick. Anybody in here that your dad, your father's sick? Yeah, if you can stand. Go ahead, stay standing. This is 
Is any of any one of them dealing with cancer? Okay. Like there, your dad's. Uh, is it? And is there anybody dealing with bone cancer? Or in the audience, or family member that's dealing with bone cancer? Yeah. So online, if that's you. And then I got Rodriguez and Roger. Does anybody have the last name Rodriguez or the first name Roger or have a dad named that? Okay. So if those that are standing, if people around them can just lay your hand on them, we're going to pray for these fathers and for this mother. Yeah. So Jesus, you paid for our healing. By the stripes you bore on your back, you paid for our healing. So right now, Jesus, we ask that you activate that healing in these situations. In these fathers that are sick, Father, it's dealing with cancer. That right now, in Jesus' name, that their body would be made whole. That every cell in their body would be clean and cancer-free. That every back issue, every ligament, would be healed right now in Jesus' name. Where the doctors are confused and don't know what to do, that you would bring them clarity and give them a plan of action that brings healing. If you need healing in this room, just start, just take a hold of it. Just receive it. The healer is in the room. So Holy Spirit, release this healing power. Jesus' name, amen. So today, it's a glorious day, and we're going we're to talk about Jesus' journey to the cross, but I have to warn you. When you start talking about Jesus, he shows up. Especially when you start talking about Jesus crucified. He starts showing up. See, after Jesus was crucified, two disciples were walking on the road to Emmaus. And they were talking about Jesus and what had happened three days earlier. And Jesus shows up. They don't realize it's him, but he shows up because he's, they're talking about him. And later on, we find out when he finally reveals himself to him and then disappears on him, they said, weren't our hearts burning within us? So this morning, as we talk about Jesus, he's in the room. So I hope I can get through this. But there's going to be a burning in your heart because he's in the room. And we're talking about him. See, Jesus came to those two disciples and he asked them, what are you talking about? And with a downcast look and just almost like depressed, they were like, we were talking about Jesus of Nazareth and what happened to him. That he was crucified, he was beaten and crucified. And now kind of like we don't know what to do. And this is Jesus' response to them. I love Jesus, how he responds. He, he, it, he doesn't necessarily respond how we think the Sunday school Jesus responded. He wasn't this flowery, always flowery, nice speaking Jesus. But this is what he said. So these people are devastated that he's dead. And this is his response to him. 
This is Luke 24, 25. He said to them, you, how foolish are you? He's so comforting and so empathetic. How foolish are you? And how slow to believe that all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? See, you can't have the resurrection without the cross. See, Jesus could never send to glory without suffering first. See, we like the resurrection. But we kind of tend to forget you have to go through the cross to get to the resurrection. See, the cross wasn't a last-ditch effort. It wasn't like God went, oh, you know the word. It's Easter Sunday, I can't say it. But it wasn't like, oh no, Adam screwed up. What do we do now? It wasn't, hey, we have to figure this out now. Because it actually was planned way before that. In 1 Peter 1, 18, it says, For you know that it was not with... Whew. Learn to read. Here we go. Let's start this again. For you know what is that it was not... With perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of the Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Here's the important part, verse 20. He was chosen before the creation of the world. See, God the Father and Jesus got together before even the world was created. And planned the cross. That was their plan before time even existed, before the world was even created. You know, it says, For God so loved the world. That means He loved it before He even created it. Because it says, For God so loved the world that that He sent His only Son. And we just find out here that they planned that before the world was even created. So what does that mean for you? That means he loved you before the world was even created. Ephesians 1.4 says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. See, he chose us before the world was even created. He's loved you before you were even created. He knew you before this world was created. See, you're not a mistake. You've never been a mistake. God planned you before you even created the world. He just had to wait until this time in history to bring you forth. And it doesn't matter what your circumstance was. He said, I need that person in this time to be alive. You're not a mistake. You're the perfect age today. Because this is what God planned for you. Before the world was even created, he loved you and planned you to be alive today. There's no mistakes. So this morning we're going to look at what his plan was for the cross. Jesus was at the Last Supper with his disciples. And Judas left to betray him. And so Jesus has his time with his disciples and he goes off to the garden to pray. And there he's praying and he's having a conversation with God his Father. And in there he says, God, not my will, 
but yours. See, Jesus knew he had a choice. You see it throughout his life. When he goes out to the desert and is tempted, Satan's giving him a choice. You don't have to do what you're going to do on the cross. I can give you this instead. See, Jesus had a choice. And that's that's why he said, God, it's your will, not mine. And he chose in the garden again, yes, I'll go to the cross. So then Judas comes with the priests and the guards of the priests and the soldiers come to him to arrest him. And in that time, Peter, trying to be the hero of the day, pulls his sword out and cuts the uh, servant's ear off, which means he was really bad aim. Because <laughs> I don't think that's what he was trying to do. I think he was trying to cut the head off and missed and got an ear. But Jesus, Paul, wanted to go, oh, dear Peter, dear, dear, lovely Peter. But Jesus is like, what? put it that away. What are you doing? He's like, don't you understand my father in heaven could send legions of angels and wipe everybody out? Like, hello? Have you forgotten who my father is? But yet, God didn't send him. He's seen his son being arrested for something he never did. But it said, for God so loved. Because of his love, he didn't send the legions of angels. So they arrest Jesus. And they take him to the high priest. Where they question Jesus and bring false accusations and mock him. And Jesus doesn't defend himself. If you read through it, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't defend. The only time he says something is when they say something true. They ask him, are you the Messiah? And he says, yeah, it is what you said. But he doesn't defend himself. And so they get pretty frustrated with it. The whole thing. Because they're hoping he would try to defend himself. Which would prove them right. But they can't. So what they do is they blindfold him. And they start beating him. Where the soldiers would take turns punching him and mock him and say, Hey, if you're a prophet, then prophesy who hit you. And they would spit on him. And beat him. And that lasted, went on and on all night long. To where they were so frustrated, they sent him to Pilate, which was the governor of that area for Rome. They sent him them hoping that he would do something, that he would kill him. And so he goes to Pilate. And they accuse Jesus to Pilate that that Jesus was trying to overthrow Caesar and set him up as king. And again, Jesus doesn't defend himself. But he does respond when Pilate asks him, are you the king of the Jews? Are you the Messiah? And he's like, yes. And Pilate turns to the, all these priests that are accused, and he's like, I find no fault in this man. Why is he here? But yet they keep accusing him. And so Pilate is like, okay, how do I get, how do I get out of this? Because he knows he's an innocent man. But he's got this mob that wants Jesus killed. He's in a predicament. Because if he doesn't go with the mob, there could be uh, um, insurrection. An uprising. And that doesn't look good for him. So he, he realizes, oh, it's Passover. On Passover, I release a prisoner back to the Jews. So he's like, this is my way out. So he goes to the people and says, hey, do you want Jesus or do you want Barabbas, which was a murderer? 
thinking, hey, they're not going to want a murderer released. And yet they cry out for Jesus to be crucified. And they want Barabbas. They want the murderer released. And an innocent man to stay condemned. So Pilate doesn't know quite what to do, so he sends them out to his soldiers. And the soldiers take these thorns and make a crown out of it. And the thorns on them aren't like little rose thorns. How many of you, when you're kids, you got plucked with a rose bush, and now you hate roses forever? <laughs> but these were thorns that were like one to two inches long. So they were more like spikes. And they made this crown and jammed it onto his head. And then they took a staff and started beating him on the head with it. And then they took him and stripped him naked and tied him to a pole and started whipping him with a whip that had probably bone or metal, uh, like spikes in it or rocks to where when they would whip him, it would wrap around their bodies dig into their flesh, and when they yanked it back, it would just rip into their flesh. And they beat them and whipped them. And this whole time, he submitted to it. When he could have asked his father to send a legion of angels to come rescue him. But he chose to endure it. Not only did he chose to endure it, but the father, his father, chose to love you more than to rescue him. Can you imagine as a father seeing your child being brutalized and all you have to do is look a certain way and a legion of angels would go to the rescue. But he chose Because he chose love. So Jesus, after he's beaten and whipped and ridiculed, they put a robe back on him and send him back to Pilate. And Pilate's like, what do I do? He's still trying to get out of this. And his wife actually sends a message to him of don't touch this man. He's an innocent man. Don't have anything to do with him. But the crowd is so violent and angry and about to riot in the city that Pilate once more tries to free Jesus and the crowd won't let him. So Pilate hands him over to be crucified. And when they hand him over to be crucified, he walks. He has to carry his cross to the mountain or to the hill. And he's not able to make it all the way. And another man has to carry his cross, but he has to walk all the way to this hill to be put on a cross. They say that he was so beaten... In Isaiah, it talks about how you'd be beaten so much that you'd be unrecognizable. And it says that every prophecy came to pass. So he was beaten to where he was unrecognizable. But yet, he still chose to go to the cross. They get to the hill and they put him on the cross. They strip him naked and nail him to the cross. And they put him up between two thieves who were convicted and sentenced to death. And as he's hanging there, one of the thieves starts mocking him. Like, if you are the son of God, why don't you ask for him to come and save you? And they're mocking him. But the other thief turns to the one that's mocking and rebukes him and says, don't you fear God. A thief that was sentenced to death 
understood what the fear of God was. That it was actually a holy and righteous thing. How we have forgotten that. To have the fear of the God. But he rebukes and says, don't you fear God. He's like, we are guilty of our crimes. But this man is innocent. And then he turns to Jesus and asks him, will you remember me? And Jesus in his broken state, beat to where he's unrecognizable, hanging on the cross, responds today. You'll be with me. See, Jesus, even though he was brutalized and hanging there and innocent, what was on his heart was the criminal next to him. And that he would know how much he loved him and how much he was there for him. A man that was accused and sentenced for what he rightly did. And Jesus is still, his focus was on him. Not his own and what was going on with him. And then there's some things that Jesus, while he's hanging there, says some pretty profound statements. He said this, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. In the midst of his greatest pain. See he was fully human. Which means he, he felt every hit. Every lash. Every punch. He felt it all. But yet. His heart was God forgive them. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. But he still endured the cross. And then at the end, he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he says, it is finished. And he breathes his last and dies. This happens in the middle of the day. And the day, the sky turns dark. When he passes, the, the curtain of the temple is torn into two. So if you don't know what that means, there's a temple, and in it held the presence of God, and there was a curtain that separated it. And only once a year, only one priest could go in at it once a year. But when he died, it split. It was a very thick curtain, and it split to represent now the presence of the Father is available to anybody at any time. Because Jesus endured the cross. So he allowed himself to be crucified. There was a huge earthquake. It says rocks were split and graves were opened up and people came back to life. When Jesus died, it caused such a change in the earth, that literally people that were dead in tombs came alive, came out of their grave. There was a Roman centurion standing guard over Jesus on the cross. And when he saw how he died and everything that happened, it says he praised God and said, surely this man was the son of God. This was a Roman that grew up knowing nothing about God. But when he saw Jesus crucified, he said, surely this must be the Son of God. See, we have forgotten Jesus crucified. We love the risen Jesus. And he is risen, he's alive. That is not in dispute. But there is a Jesus that is crucified, that was crucified. Paul says that I came to you not eloquent speech, 
which I am so thankful that is the, 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 the level that you have to come to. But he said, it's all about the crucified Jesus. Jesus crucified. And then they pierced his side and water and blood flowed out. The blood that cleanses us. And the water that we can drink of and we'll never be thirsty again. Came out. They take Jesus, take him off the cross. They put him in a tomb. They sealed it up. And put guards there because they were afraid one of the disciples were going to come and steal his body to try to prove in three days he would rise by stealing his body. So they put guards there, sealed the tomb. But on the third day, something happens that they didn't expect. An angel shows up in lightning and thunder and the earthquake, and there's a huge earthquake it freaks the soldiers so f- much, they start shaking and fall down like they're dead and then run off. And then the angel rolls the stone away. And I thought this was really kind of just interesting. He rolls it away and then sits on it. <laughs> like, yeah, that's right, I just did that. <laughs> yep. He didn't stand next to the tomb. He didn't stand underneath the tree. No, he sat on top of the stone and said, that's right, boys. Out of all the angels, I got to do this one. This was my assignment, and I'm taking full advantage of it. I'm showing off today, boys. And then Mary and Mary come. And you know the story. They come, and he's like, hey, you're looking for Jesus in the wrong place. He ain't here no more. He's like, go in, look, he's gone. And tells them to go off and tell the disciples. As we know, over the next 40 days, Jesus appears to his disciples and other people and teaches them. And then he ascends to the Father, to the right hand of the Father. But none of that happens unless he goes to the cross. Because when he's talking to those two disciples on the road to Emmaus, he said the Messiah had to suffer for him to be glorified. And then he talks to them about, through, all through the old, what we call the Old Testament, he talks them through how the prophets and all the Old Testament is revealing actually him. That from the very beginning, it was about him. As we started this morning, it says they made this decision about the cross before the foundations of the earth. So Jesus is through from Genesis all the way through Revelation and today. He doesn't just appear in Matthew. He appears from the beginning. He was there before the beginning. And made a choice to love you before the beginning. And to endure the cross. So if I can have the band come up. I want to talk to two groups real quick. The first group I want to talk to is those that you, of you that have never known this Jesus. And I hope you realize today that he has been pursuing you and loving you before the foundations of the earth. That's, right. yes. That's how long he's loved you yes. and thought of you. Yes. He paid the ultimate price for you. He came as a child, lived as a human, and was beaten and mutilated and hung on a cross so that you can have peace. So you can have a life. So you can have freedom. He took on your pain. 
He'll take on your pain. He is the answer to the question you've been asking yourself, that you've been searching for. That thing in your life that can never be settled. You've tried to do it with other things, and it might hit it temporarily, but it never lasts. He's the answer to that. He's the one you've been searching for. He's here to take your pain. He's here to set you free from addictions. Because he paid for it already. On the cross with his broken body. The other group talked to is though that you've known Jesus and you loved him and you served him, but life's starting to get in the way. Life got in the way and you started walking away. You started making, you stopped making Jesus the priority in your life. You lost your first love and you're trying to do life without him and it's not going well. You've been playing in the pig pen and Jesus is here this morning saying it's time to come home. It's time to come home. I'm here and I love you. You don't have to clean yourself up to come to me. He's here for you today. It's time to come home. If you're one of those people today and you want to come home to Jesus, to the one that gave everything because he loves you, and come to a father that let his son be brutalized and killed for you. Come this morning. I invite you to come this morning. If that's you, come out of your seat and just come down here this morning. We want to love on you. Don't you have everyone, if everyone could stand with me. If that's you this morning, you're like, I need, I need Jesus this morning. I need the crucified one. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Jesus. Anybody else? Today's your day. Today is your day. He's alive and he's calling you to come home. To come to a loving father that just wants to love on you. He is the answer to your problems. He is the answer at night when you feel alone. When you feel abandoned and there's nobody there for you, he's there for you. If you're online, you're watching this, you need Jesus, he's there for you. When you cry at night because you're so alone, He's actually there with you right now. So I want you to stretch your hands out towards these. Ah, uh, Jesus, we thank you that you gave your life. That you gave your life for us. That you endured the cross and all the pain and suffering you bore our sins so that we can have freedom so Jesus I give you my life today I make you Lord of my life thank you for your sacrifice in Jesus name amen going to ask if you guys can just slide on over and you guys pray for them. Make sure they get connected and pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit.
So we're going to take communion today as we finish our time together. So if you can get your communion, they're at the giving stations. There's some up here. If you want to go ahead and grab that. Let's go ahead and sing this song where we do that and just start worshiping him. Actually, realize what you're singing this morning. Because this is going to be our prayer of communion this morning as we sing it. But don't just say the words, sing it from a heart of thanksgiving and a heart that understands what you're saying. broken for you so Jesus we break this bread this morning as a representation of your body being broken and we take this bread this morning as that your body was broken for us so we take it this morning with the revelation of knowing that we benefit from his body being broken. That your body was broken for us. So we thank you that you loved us before the foundation of the world. And we take this bread to remember what you did for us.
my blood that I'm going to shed for you to make you white as snow. So we take the cup and drink your purification this morning that you have made us white as snow.
you 